it's it's an interesting time right now. It's so different than when it was even 10 years ago. Um, and I think that just as quickly as, you know, like I said, companies can gain a following and become, you know, huge. You know, for example, Anastasia Beverly Hills, their products are just um, dominating the markets. Um, but we're also seeing how influencers and how beauty companies can also fall quite quickly at the hand of the consumer. Hi, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Make Up Your Life. Uh, this is Matt. Starting off here, probably noticing a little bit of strain in the old voice there. So uh, the old vocal chops got to work out this past weekend uh, as I went and traveled to a fun event that I'm a huge fan of. But uh, that explains why my voice sounds like this right now. Now, uh, the episode you're about to hear is also very important. Tons of great messages. And unfortunately, as we were recording by phone, the audio is, it's understandable, but obviously a little fuzzy by phone. And uh, at the end of the episode, you are going to hear the wonderful Sherilyn Wester, who is uh, today's guest. Uh, She is the sweetest uh, in the world. So it sounds like she's talking over me. She is not. The audio just got... Uh, delayed by a half a second on my part that is what's going on so i i do uh i do want you to forgive her there she is not trying to constantly talk over me that's just the audio skipping a beat and of course once you mix things down to uh to one file it gets a little tough to separate everything but what i do ask is that you please do listen intently because Sherilyn brings up a lot of great points that have yet to be brought up in this show the show as a whole she does have a great journey. Uh, she has some wonderful insight on how and what you can do to get into makeup. But she also makes some wonderful points about when you're making decisions, not just in makeup, when you're making decisions in life and who to communicate with. Remember to ask questions. Remember to keep in mind what these individuals do you know, in their free time when you are deciding where you're going to place your money, where you're going to place your attention. And it was something to me that once we got into that conversation and Sherilyn will 100% be back and she's going to be recording um, with uh, our, our studio equipment instead of uh, a, a recording over the phone. But um, the the points that she brought up were just some that I couldn't lose and I couldn't even ask her to recreate because they were fantastic. And I hope you get a lot out of this episode and I hope, uh, please, uh, forgive the audio quality here because it is a great conversation. We can't help uh, fix when we are recording over the phone. And uh, again, uh, the, the hope that you'll, you'll forgive us here is because uh, I was actually under some time constraints uh, due to some personal issues, which is why uh, we had to record over the phone. And, uh, you know, damn me, I, I would much rather fall in line with that, uh, that initial schedule that was set than, uh, than to push this conversation off another week. And uh, Sherilyn, none the wiser, had no idea that this was going on, but she was still a fantastic guest as, as we were rolling. But please sit back, enjoy this conversation, learn a little bit more about uh, the makeup industry, and enjoy meeting our very first non-multimedia Makeup Academy guest, Sherilyn Wester. 
Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Make Up Your Life. I am Matthew Plank, and today I am here with Sherry, who I am very excited to have on the show because she is the first guest that is not a member of Multimedia Makeup Academy. <laughs> yes, I'm an outsider. <laughs> Yeah, and I, 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 it's, it's great because it, it's one thing for us to look for guests and hear stories from like this very specific sort very of like a niche tunnel vision. Group. Yeah, exactly. very niche group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, our goal here was to get so many different journeys and stories. And yeah. um, I think we, we connected on Reddit. All I needed yes. to hear was that you do makeup and I was on board. Absolutely. So, no, uh, consider sure. me your spice. Oh, fantastic. I'm a nice toasted cinnamon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Sherry, I want to give you an opportunity first just to share with uh, the Make Up Your Life fans and listeners uh, who you are, and then we'll figure out from there how you got there. But, of course, uh, right now, uh, shoot shoot out uh, what you're doing right now. Sure. Um, My name is Sherry Lynn. Um, I have a background in aesthetics and skincare, uh, primarily makeup. Um, Right now, I'm a stay-at-home mom to uh, two girls, but um, I'm really enjoying being a consumer right now. I'm not actively doing makeup artistry, um, but I kind of get to see all of this barrage of new products and new ideas that are coming out. And from a consumer standpoint, like how everyone else seems to kind of get into makeup, um, it's really interesting to see what's being produced today on such a mass level, especially with social media and Reddit and uh, such a community behind beauty now. But I kind of have yeah. an eye on you know, not only things I would like personally as a consumer, but things that I think would be beneficial to have in a makeup artist's kit or a kit if you're specifically doing brides, if you're specifically doing, you know, proms or graduations, if you're doing, you know, just everyday today makeover. So um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I'm enjoying it. That's that's actually fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. The follow-up questions are like blowing up. In my head. Okay, good. But I, I want to start with, um, so we'll get into the journey in a second, but sure. I, I kind of want to get a clear definition of what you're doing right sure. now. You yeah. said that you're picking up stuff for your kit uh, that a makeup artist might have. Mm-hmm. What what do you do on a on a day to day basis? Is this is this something for like an experiment to see what can I get done, or are we pulling up some tutorials and seeing uh, how crazy? you know, can Sherry make it? Oh, absolutely. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well for me personally, um, I mean, my day to day is basically staying at home with my girls. Um, as far as, um, how I am able to interact with cosmetics in the makeup industry day to day, um, media is a huge way in which I consume that. I love tutorials. I love reviews. Um, and especially lately, Um, And I think this calls to, you know, the anti-consumerist movement that we're seeing behind um, the makeup community right now. Um, Decluttering videos, I think, are excellent. I think of what not to buys, anti-hauls. I think those are very interesting. So um, that's kind of how I participate with media, with beauty. Um, For me personally, I still um, play with makeup, do makeup. Um, I'll still look, do the occasional um, look on a client or a friend if someone reaches out to me knowing that um, I used to do makeup um, professionally. Um, it's interesting. There's been, I mean, even from year to year, um, the kind of products that are being put out for just everyday consumers and also artists is so much um, that I think it's just changing from day to day. So yeah, I'm just kind of in everyone else's seat 
just a you know kind of a regular consumer nowadays but it's it's interesting to to see how how it's changing and in the future um the opportunities that are available to just the average consumer within the beauty industry. Absolutely. I, I actually love that point. Um, I, I've dabbled in a few different industries working myself and uh, I've brought it up on the podcast before that I've done some work in, in coffee mm-hmm. and it's like to that end, like the custom of like how you can customize what you are bringing home is insane Absolutely. at this point. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you can bring home coffee now to look like, you're a connoisseur of, of the billionaire tier. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I love that idea that you can share like, no, it's, it's not just coffee. It's, it's, it's a hundred percent going into cosmetics and beauty. And that, mm-hmm. that again is interesting to me. And I, I always kind of say from a beauty and cosmetics standpoint, I am a novice and I almost mm-hmm. act as uh, the individual who might be learning more. And that's this is how I'm going to learn about this stuff. So I I get to be a little selfish here. Uh, that's that's kind of that might be my that might <laughs> yes. be my game. Um, no, exactly. That's, no, I think it's great. You know, I, I think even you know, there's so many platforms now in which okay. So before there was makeup, uh, the makeup industry, and that included professionals working within the makeup industry uh, from a service standpoint. There's companies, um, and there's um, a, you know, huge bases for consumers to access this. So Mac and Sephora, you know, uh, or the two big ones, Alta as well for the United States, um, not in Canada. But um, so even just the last 10 years with social media, with Instagram, with Reddit, um, the power is no longer in the hands of just these huge giant companies. The power is with the consumer, you know, in, you know, when consumers kind of consolidate their power, they can have extremely lasting and impactful changes on um, what av- is available out there. Even take, take for instance, the cruelty-free movement. I mean, that is something that artists didn't see available to them 10 years ago. And now there's so many options, both on a luxury end and a drugstore end um, that can potentially go in your kit or you can use... Um, you know, in the industry, even just the communities themselves, Reddit, podcasting, um, people are now able to exchange ideas about makeup and um, what influences them with makeup. Um, and also we're seeing the rise of the indie brand. I mean, there's so many small companies now that once they gain a social media uh, following, um, they become these huge brands like, you know, ColourPop really isn't even that old. So, um, yeah, I think the vastness of where you can get your foot in the door as far as the makeup or the beauty community is concerned has just grown. It's very inclusive for everyone. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is incredible too. Like it's, it's we're we might finally be in the era, or maybe you know, maybe this is laughable what I'm about to say, but uh, if you really do have the product that can take you over and you have the passion, like this is when you can finally live like that American yes. dream kind of thing. And it's so fleeting too, you know. We're and we're seeing not only how profitable this industry has become um, and how so quickly it can um, launch and elevate companies and careers of individuals in, you know, the age of the influencer. Um, but we can also see what that community can do against that. So um, you're seeing the consumer not only have 
um, quite an influence over now what companies are producing and what the consumers telling companies that they want from their brands. But they're also holding not only the companies accountable, but influencers, influencers, sorry, um, accountable. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting time right now. It's so different than when it was even 10 years ago. Um, and I think that just as quickly as, you know, like I said, companies can gain a following and become, you know, huge. You know, for example, Anastasia Beverly Hills, their products are just um, dominating the markets. Um, but we're also seeing how influencers and how beauty companies can also fall quite quickly at the hand of the consumer, you know, um, you know, people refusing to buy from a company based on ethical standpoints, moral standpoints. I mean, you know, finally, this is one of the biggest industries I feel like where they are kind of at the mercy of, of the consumers and therefore social media. And I, I love I love that point, too, because that, that's another movement that's uh, close to uh, the, the the makeup academy where I'm I'm home at my home mm-hmm. base is is uh, like the sanitation conversation yes. uh, like that that movement is really taking that boom right now and making sure that you're holding companies accountable. But I do I do want to get back yeah. into of you, course. Sherry. Um, <laughs> so uh, we we could probably go on for hours. Oh yeah. Um, because this this is the conversation oh, that I'm I love all it. about. No, absolutely. Uh, no, let's get back to me though. But, uh, let's get back to me. Yes. Oh, obviously, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> absolutely. But uh, let's let's. You said you were. Uh, you're at this point. You're you're a former makeup yeah. artist. You are doing jobs when they do yeah. come up. So, how did you initially become a makeup artist? Sure. That's I, what I want to do. Is is wind the clock back to the era before you thought it was a possibility. And what you're sure. doing. Okay, yeah. So my introduction to makeup um, was through, you know, like how a lot of girls uh, first introduction, it was through friends. It was when I was a teenager, early teens, probably 13, 14 through I had two older sisters. Um, my sisters, Alex and Steph, they were both um, very pretty and very into makeup. And I was the youngest out of all of my family. So I looked up to them and, and I had never known at that point that you could do makeup and make money from playing with makeup. I didn't, you know, of course I knew that there was people who probably had their makeup done in movies and whatnot, but I didn't think it was a feasible career on a day-to-day basis. So, um, going through high school, um, you know, I, in my free time, I would do my makeup after I'd got to get home from school. I'd wipe my makeup off, put it back on. I would, you know, uh, back when I was a teen, um, there really wasn't as much content that was as accessible, um, in like the mid to late two thousands, I would say, um, YouTube was just becoming really, really big. And so I would watch, um, tutorials from like Michelle Fawn and I would watch tutorials from, um, a lot of the Bub's Beauty and some of the original beauty YouTubers. Um, and they were making a living doing something that, you know, we now know was the beginning of the influencer and the beauty influencer. But uh, once it come time, came time to look at my options as far as a career, you know, I grew up in a very rural, small community in northern Alberta in Canada. 
Um, so just to go work up, work at a makeup counter wasn't something that was like a, a job you would do. You know, we had a, we had a drugstore in town, but there was not like <laughs> beauty counters or uh, luxury makeup or any. You know, people hadn't you know heard of Urban Decay once. I had gone into a salon and asked what kind of makeup they had sold, just because there really was nothing available. The best thing, the closest thing I had uh, to getting close to doing makeup on other people, which I had found was an interest of mine, was working at the drugstore, the local drugstore. Um, <laughs> and so I worked there in high school. And finally, I just thought, you know, this, I'm not actually doing makeup on people. I'm just selling people like drugstore quality makeup. And so, um, yeah, so I expanded my um, vision and just thought, what is something I could do that even if it's not necessarily only makeup, um, it's something that I can, an, a way for me to get opportunities to offer that, or at least have a piece in that, that kind of pie without living in the city necessarily. Um, which is when I came to the idea that um, going to college and pursuing an education in aesthetics would probably be best. Um, aesthetics was a way for me to get my, sh again, my foot in the makeup industry um, without being solely... Um, reliant on only doing freelance makeup artistry which you know it's it's a feasible career to do in large cities but again in rural northern canada um i had to kind of uh -huh. expand my vision and and see you know what it was that i could do um where i was so yeah and so um from there i after i graduated high school um i went and i um joined a local trade school um, a community college that offered uh, esthetician um, as a program. And I did that for, that was a one-year program. Um, the nice thing about going that route was that um, in Canada, it, you can't necessarily have an official license um, to do, to be a makeup artist. Um, you can take courses, you can take courses within the beauty industry, you know, it, brands will offer courses in their products um, you can take, you know, um, certifications and training in sanitation, um, and applying makeup. Um, but doing aesthetics granted me a license to practice aesthetics wherever and therefore makeup. And it just having an official, um, government regulated, um, diploma or certificate in the program I was interested in. Um, just made me feel more official and it made me feel more knowledgeable. Um, the science aspect of skincare and wellness always intrigued me. So um, it's been actually quite interesting to see how skincare has um, deeply impacted the beauty uh, community and deeply impacted um, marketing. Now, um, I think with kind of the influx of like the Glossier girl type um makeup trends that are popular now. I think having a background in skincare sciences and skincare wellness has kind of given me an edge that I'll be able to kind of go with further. But yeah, it started out that way, very small and ended also still pretty small and never made it to uh, LA. <laughs> <doing makeup>. So, <laughs> um, Well, I, I had actually, um, I want to jump on the statement that you made where you needed to expand your vision. Mm -hmm. And you asked yourself, like, this is an internal question. What can I do to, to take that next step? Yeah, to bridge and the I, gap between your vision and your goals. Exactly. I, there's, so, there's so many people that just need to know, like, that is where it all starts. Mm -hmm. I, and there's I, so know, many avenues myself, now. 
that you can. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody, this is Matt from Make Up Your Life. I'm here to tell you about Multimedia Makeup Academy, the premier makeup school that prides itself on being number one in makeup practices and standards. If you're interested in starting a career that boasts an average salary of $75,000, has a completely flexible working schedule, and will help you find that connection between doing what you love and making a little bit of money, the text tour, T-O-U-R, to 248-595-7967, or head to mma-makeupacademy.com. Yeah, now, for yourself, I, I do want to dive uh, deeper into, like, what... Uh, so you, you have, you have the S, uh, esthetician. I, I always struggle to no, say that word. No, it's fine. And it's uh, spelled differently in Canada and the States. So it kind of trips. Oh, really? Out. It is. Yeah. It's spelled with an A in the States, A-E. And in Canada, it's just E. So. Oh my gosh. Yes. That, that's, <laughs> that's okay. a whole new wrinkle that yes. I have to wrap my head around. Oh, just so much worse. I know. Okay. So yeah, yes, I started, <laughs> yeah, I started out with my, uh, my esthetician, um, certification. Yeah. And then uh, from there, you know, you, you're telling yourself, um, you know, you didn't make it to to L.A. No. But I, I mean, for for us, from our perspective, we we know uh, at the Makeup Academy that there are so many different like opportunities oh, out yeah. there. Oh, absolutely, uh, yes. So where where did you go after after you landed that that license? Was there? Yeah. So there. So being from a small commu- smaller community, um, the I grew up in a tiny town called St. Paul, Alberta. Um, I think the population was, it had to be between five and 10,000. It was very, not very much. And so I went to school in a community, um, about an hour and a half, I think away from that called Lloyd Minster, um, which is where I went to college. Um, and then after college, I was doing both aesthetics, but I was, uh, the head makeup artist at the local salon, um, elements hair and body and which was a very welcome salon in the community. We had been living in and the one I had graduated in, um, it was kind of a step up from the typical mall hairdressers place where you would go to, you know, for a walk in, you know, kind of like a super cuts, you would walk in, get your eyebrows waxed, walk walk out. Um, it really was, um, a spa more centered on wellness. Um, and so, yeah, so I was doing aesthetics out of there. Um, and then when we would call and have someone book in for makeup, I was kind of the first go-to or I was the first one if they had someone in particular they wanted to talk to, um, I would usually be the first one they would help consult. And yeah, and I, I did brides, I did um, graduations. We didn't, we didn't have prom in the community I was from. Um, it's not as popular in Canada. Prom isn't as much of a thing in, in some communities it is, but um, graduation was kind of the big event that um, a lot of teenage girls would get uh, their makeup done for. So weddings, proms, um, just a night out. Um, I would do, um, I began to go into the local college, the same college, actually, I had um, graduated from with my certificate. Um, and I was invited by my previous um, instructor um, to come and actually teach the makeup uh, portion of the course. So I would split my time between um, doing makeup on my clients, doing aesthetics, um, both in the spa that I worked in, salon and spa. Um, I was freelancing and doing occasional jobs uh, between work um, when I would just be on my own. And then I was also part-time teaching for about a semester, um, teaching makeup artistry. And I owe that to Deb Manish, who's still actually teaching and instructing the aesthetics program at Lakeland. She does great. So. Nice. Shout out to Deb. Shout out to Deb. 
<laughs> bless up bless up for deb yeah she's great <laughs> so let's uh let's pivot into uh that that freelance work that you were doing because I, yeah. I always i always like to hear um even for myself where i consider myself a a runner of a podcast network a bunch of, of different shows yes um I, a, a lot of that i mean it, it it comes back to you asking yourself like when you're defining your vision um or or trying to take uh or you you put it best bridging the gap uh, that's all on you. So, Absolutely. So your journey uh, through this freelance work, what uh, what are some of the successes and, and failures maybe you could share to to kind of help? Since mm-hmm. this podcast is geared towards uh, uh, younger generations, you know, what, what what are some of the things they, they need to know to get started? And what are some of the things they might want to avoid? Sure. Um, I think one of the main things that really helped me um, in the industry is when you start out, uh, get as much experience as you can get. Give back as much as you can. Um, you need to build your skills somehow. And if you're not getting the ability to do that within your education, within the area you live in, volunteer, reach out. You know, I did um, a lot of paying my dues. Um, I did a lot of free work in the beginning before I really knew how to properly um, do makeup and to assess a face and know right away what's going to work on them. I had to get a little, a lot of, you know, bodies in front of me before I could start charging the professional rates that I deserved after I got my education. So um, for a while, while I was in my college program, I was reaching out to the theater department and I would go in and I would do makeup for free for some of the stage shows just for the experience. I would, um, you know, there was a few moments um, in our program, um, which again, Deb, bless up Deb, uh, she uh, <laughs> she would reach out to the local seniors homes to see if they wanted uh, free pedicures and manicures for us to practice on them. You know, giving back to your community not only builds up your um, social um, circle, which is one of the most important things when you're doing makeup or when you're working in a people driven industry, it's, it's, you know, making connections and, um, not only that, Absolutely. but it builds up your skill. It builds up your reputation. Um, and if you're really going to pr- plant your roots um, where you're going to be living or going to school, um, reach out now. Don't wait. You know, um, you tr- when you have girlfriends over or friends or you just want to practice in your own home, do it. You know, um, spend the time developing your skill because success isn't just you being the best at anything it's you know it's hard work it is talent and it's coincidence or time and so um i'd say some of the things to note i think going into the industry is you don't have to do it all um you can have um a brand so to speak i know that word has kind of been thrown out and it's kind of yeah. been stomped stomped over the last few years, but a brand <laughs> of your own talent that you offer. You don't have to be a makeup artist just for for everyone. You can focus on brides. If the bridal industry is too demanding for you, which it is a very demand, demanding industry when you're a makeup artist, it can be very stressful, but very fun. Um, yep. But if yeah. you don't want to just do bridal makeup and you just want to do seniors makeup, then you know market yourself as that. Um, know that you're going to have to put in a lot of work behind just doing what you want to get to where you're going to be able to just do what you want every day. There's a lot of work that goes behind that. So um, put in the work, I would say. Um, definitely social media, you know, be updating that very frequently. Um, you need to learn how to market yourself. And with things like Facebook and Instagram, it, you can market yourself for free 
very easily, you know? So yeah, I would say some of um, my downfalls within the industry probably has been burnout. Um, you get burned out very very quickly working in an industry where you're um, very close with people, um, yeah. where you're yeah. talking to people and, you know, um, you're, you're servicing, you know, you're servicing someone else. And so um, you don't get a lot of time just to yourself. I mean, for me, um, I got burned out very easily. For instance, I would work at the salon from, you know, we would get there 6am if we had a, you know, a wedding party, work until maybe four on a Saturday, go to do two makeup jobs, and then, you know, prepare to teach the next day, um, or work, you know, retail part time when they when it gets slow, with doing makeup with working at the salon, with also teaching like, it's an industry that you really do have to bust your butt in if you want to float where you're sitting, if that makes sense. So unless you are going to be making the sacrifices to moving to larger cities, I'd say put in the work where you're at and don't just wait, if that makes sense. I mean, there, there's, oh, absolutely. Uh, there, there's so many great points that you you threw in there. Um, I know from like my past experiences, what can be so frustrating is when you are in a, in a position of... Uh, you really get to show off your creative abilities, yeah. but then, uh, and maybe you can relate to this, but then to be at the mercy mm-hmm. of the human you're working on. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. And, and your, your so vision and their great. vision may not always come together. So, you know, and that is a scary thing when you are in the beauty industry and when you are a makeup artist that your vision and their vision are not going to always align. Even if their vision is completely, um, if it doesn't make sense or if it's unattainable, um, your job very quickly becomes like a little bit of the talent and more about your ability to compromise and to work with someone. Um, you know, it can be, it can be hard, um, trying to, um, do something for someone creatively because not always your creative vision will, um, align, but part of the professionalism that comes, um, in behind that is, you know, again, doing the work and um, working with a lot of people and being able to read and interact with any kind of person who walks through your door, because it's not about your feelings, it's about them and what they want. So. And I I think, uh, and and you're doing a wonderful job, by the way, helping me transition into the next thought. But uh, that brings me into the other great point that you made was, uh, you know, focus on the things that you you personally want to do, or you want to make out of this makeup career. Because if you have to find ways to make sure you don't get exhausted, then do the elements and, and per, you know, I, I don't want to say you have to be perfect, but try to perfect the elements that you care about most. Because that's going to be where the passion is going to meet the work. Uh, and, and you're going to feel arduous or draining to know that I have to put in another couple of months before this is even worthy of me posting on social media or something to that effect. Absolutely. And you know what? I think everyone also really just loves the glow up story. I mean, it's really interesting. I don't know about you, but when I'm going through Instagram on pages that I admire, whether it's photography or makeup artistry, I like to go into their past pictures and kind of see the growth that happens there with any creative thing, with any task that you're doing, growth comes with practice. And so 
don't be ashamed of where you're at, you know, post that, keep yourself accountable. And you may, you know, gain the skills to get to where you want to see yourself in the industry creatively, talent wise, maybe client wise that you want later on down the road, you know, find the joy in the moment that you're in, you know. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I love the word accountability because that, that comes back to where you were putting the onus on yourself to, to bridge those gaps and all all that fun stuff. Um, I, I mean, we've got social media to hold ourselves accountable. Um, what what else? I, if you have anything in mind, I know I'm putting you on the spot no, here with a lot of these questions. Obviously, but, I, I, uh, I'm with two small children most of the day, so this is great. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I hear you. I just had my first in uh, in August. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. She is the joy of my life. I cannot wait to get home to her every day. So I know, I know where your head. But it's at. also kind of um, nice to talk to another adult sometimes outside of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't going on a trip this weekend with my brother. Oh, exciting! Well, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. But I, I want to come back sure. to accountability and kind of discuss like. I didn't actually have this plan to ask, and I don't think we've discussed it at all, sure. but how, how would you suggest someone holds themselves accountable? And let's, uh, if there's anything that comes to mind outside of like social media, of course. and this, yeah, and I'll, I'll ramble here if you need to, if you need to think, yeah, but uh, ahead, you can ramble. stop me too. No. But, uh... Let's riff, let's riff, come on, let's go, let's go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but like, it, it fits so many different, um, industries or really just ideas i mean uh we were talking before that you have a headset that's that's with uh video games and it's pretty mm -hmm. easy to like hide in video games because uh even when you play online uh you you don't really need to hold yourself accountable like your skill level or anything like that because everything will disappear and you can just move on to the next match right Absolutely. after that I, i'm very familiar with those situations yes. now uh with makeup and, and we talked about like the community that you could be involved yes, in. Yes. How important is it to have that community hold you accountable? I think it's, I mean, I think it's harder to be at the edge end of the knife and to say I've done something wrong. It's much easier to be part of the consumer hive mind um, to reach out and to say, Hey, this beauty guru or this influencer posted this and it, it, you know, it's compounding some racist undertones or like, wow, they're really, Ooh. you know, black and, or I see that they're like darkening their skin in, you know, which was recently a big issue with, um, uh, I think Stila, it was the makeup company. They had uh, hired a Caucasian um, model and they had digitally altered her skin to be darker, um, which is an issue within also, you know, with a lot of consumerist culture called blackfishing, um, you know, and I think, issues like that is that is the most important thing you can do is to call it out um and to confront either via you know via social media instagram reddit is also a big one to call out companies for better behavior i think um there is some danger within cancel culture nowadays um where people are almost too afraid to make mistakes um, or too afraid to really do anything in the spotlight um, within the community because of fear of getting called out. And it's like, on one hand, it's like, just don't be a problematic person. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> and for people who are problematic, like it, it is nice because there's so many other brands, again, with social media and with how 
quickly a brand can burst into the makeup community and really make waves. Um, there's so many brands out there who are very professional and keep it professional and, um, and who aren't problematic that people can buy from now. So I think having that consumer and brand relationship is very important. Um, and I think it's our responsibility as consumers um, to call it like we see it. You know, I think even just recently in beauty news, um, Kat Von D stepped down from her um, company, Kat Von D Beauty, um, and sold it to a company, I think, called Kendo. And they're completely rebranding. Um, and it's been well known within different beauty communities that um, her company has taken quite a hit after recently she had some act anti-vaccination um, comments made publicly um, that she made on an Instagram post. And after that, um, a lot of people within the community stopped buying from her company. Um, you know, pretty soon after that, it kind of snowballed and people are seeing her makeup listed at TJ Maxx's and in a lot of discount bins. And, you know, influencers aren't really talking about her brand anymore. So um, I think that's one of the biggest um, instances of consumers taking their responsibility of of integrity with brands into their own hands and really enforcing it. You know, I, I am not disillusioned in any way thinking that there's definitely a correlation between, you know, I think it was a year or a year and a half ago her saying this to now having to sell her you know, to sell part of her company. Um, so I think it's important. And I think it's the most important thing we can do as consumers. You know, I think in the future now, not only I think are we going to be holding companies and influencers accountable for their behaviors, but I think the next big thing is to go into cruelty-free beauty items and um, also um, uh, recycling. Um, and clean beauty, not only ingredients, but packaging and waste. I think that's kind of going to be the next thing that we're going to be seeing as far as the beauty community and what their outreach can do and the influence they're going to have. Well, I, I, I love the points that you're making. Um, I, I think we ran into an area like where marketing had to have a face on every yeah. single product. And what what happened was we didn't take the time to think about, well, who, exactly. who's the right face to put on this? Or you were put in that terrible situation that uh, the person that was profiting from us this entire time. Yes, exactly. Was a bag of garbage. Exactly. And I think, and I think it's also become <laughs> easier for a lot of companies to do that again with influencer culture and Instagram. I mean, they don't just have to have celebrities of, you know, the typical caliber in movies and, and singers on a Revlon ad, they're getting beauty gurus. They're getting in, um, you know, YouTubers, YouTubers to represent companies now, and they don't have the PR teams behind them that a lot of celebrities do. Um, and I think we've definitely noticed it and we've kind of held yeah. the people who, um, yeah have been irresponsible with their platforms accountable. So I agree. I think there was a big blind eye put towards who was representing companies. And I also think there just wasn't the echo chamber or the talk space for people to talk about, Hey, wait a minute, let's look at that ad. This doesn't, something doesn't look right about this, or let's, let's look at the, the founder right. of this company's tweets. Um, oh, wow. We're seeing some very racist things being put there, or we're seeing some very problematic things that they're saying you know, put there, um, there just wasn't the space for these, which I think now, again, Reddit, Instagram, um, Facebook, all now um, allow us to do that. 
um, and to kind of point the hive mind, <laughs> so to speak. I mean, you're a Redditor, you know, point the hive mind in right. certain directions. Yeah, I, I think too, like we could, you'd agree with me on this, but I, I think everything worked out the way it was supposed to. Like we yes. started calling out these company owners and now we're seeing, now that we put the public face and we, we begged, we begged to have Absolutely. a human representative for these companies, and now, yeah. now we get to see. Well, we get and to see the also true the true angels um, like the uh, Wendy's PR rep. Hello, absolutely. I love Wendy's and Taco Bell when they tweet. Amazing. <laughs> we get to see the beautiful yeah. angel. No, but oh, I agree. Yeah. Where do you and where do you think um, that is going to go in the future? Where do you? Is there an area you think has been left unexplored by communities being, uh, you know, holding? people accountable do you where do you foresee that going well i i think it just needs to grow because what what we've seen is is even in the entertainment industry that uh like a lot of people mm -hmm. can still get away with kind of getting caught and shoot we have a it's president true. of the united it's true. states absolutely about uh, what people are willing to excuse in order to have what they like right and i i think what what's going to change and i think this is the important part is from our perspective, more people are going to get on board with that. And and just like anything, there's the problem with the people that can get away with things, but it's still that there isn't enough on our side to yeah. To push I think out the power people. dynamic. I'm sorry for for interrupting, but it, it, that's a great point. I think the power no, dynamics ahead. have really been shifting, and I feel like um, before. Um, you know, again, before a lot of these venues where people could um, talk and um, share information about the people, again, at the helm who may be misbehaving and who are leading these, you know, billion dollar companies, these cosmetics companies who have such influence um, among the consumers, I feel like um, the power is, is being put in the hands of the consumer. And I think going forward, you know, even more power is going to be held, you know, to the consumers. I think, I think it's great. And I think, I definitely think it's, it's kind of, you know, sorry to quote him, but draining the swamp. Um, but I feel like our generation, I mean, it really is, our generation really is kind of taking that power into our own hands, you know? No, and I, I'm, I'm happy we're having this conversation too, just, just so that we could really tell our audience uh, kind of where, this podcast does want to gear its message <laughs> towards. Um, now, the uh, what I want to do here, because I'm getting kind of scared. Uh, uh, I'm going to lose you no, again. My, my audio is breaking up a little bit. I want to give you a, a, an opportunity to uh, to tell everybody, if you do have some social media, where they can follow you and where they can get. Uh, I, I hope that you're sharing <laughs> thoughts like this on social media, too. Because uh, now I, course, I'm going to be an avid course. follower. Um, but yeah, <laughs> sure. I want to give you that um, I'm currently not advertising my skills at all. Um, I am starting to do some photography stuff. So if I have anything uh, up and coming that way, I'll, I'll share Alrighty. with you. Um, I would encourage everyone listening to go... Um, go on Reddit and join the subreddits. Uh, Beauty Guru Chatter is a big one. Makeup Addiction. Um, makeup Artistry. Um, there's some very, very good communities in which not only do you, can you learn from, but you can participate in and ask questions and it's all anonymous. And, um, you know, I'm sure everyone has heard of Reddit nowadays for, but for the people who haven't, I would just probably use this opportunity to encourage that. I mean, everyone has to start somewhere and even, you know, someone like me who is from very rural, um, small town, Alberta in Canada, in the middle of nowhere, um, can learn about, 
these issues and can have a voice, you know, among everyone else. So yeah, that's just what I would say. It's one of the few hubs Mm -hmm. left where you like the conversations on social media aren't geared towards what, what the social media platform thinks you're going to like. You get to go find what you want to talk about. Oh yeah. I can talk about shots of Henry Cavill's arms in uh, the new Witcher Netflix series. Oh, I can man, go get, me get started on the Witcher. Uh, some information on houseplants all in the same place. I mean, it's it's the best. It's the best. So, yeah, I would recommend I would recommend just checking <laughs> that out. I think that's a good starting point for anybody. All right. I, I'm probably going to be contacting you again when uh, well, I guess we're we're like a year and a half out. <laughs> I know. Uh, Next time episode, the Witcher comes but, uh, on, you let me know. <laughs> I love exactly. <laughs> Well, it, it yeah. has been an absolute Thank joy you. from my perspective, and I know the perspective that you just brought to the show has. It's a little, it's amazing. a little bit like a tornado. Um, I have lots of thoughts, uh, <laughs> but thank you for the opportunity. I know time constraints from from my perspective oh, no, are kind of what's ending totally this uh, too soon. I would love soon, to come but, back. Um, it's, been, it's been a pleasure. It's been very interesting, and I love I love having these conversations. And again, I think there's so little space. Uh, now it's starting, they're starting to be, we know with podcasting, but I think we need to be having these conversations and I think they're important to have. So thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. And, and, uh, thank you again for joining me and, uh, everybody, I, I have to encourage you to, uh, of course, uh, take up, uh, Sherry on her, uh, recommendation to join Reddit, but, uh, subscribe and, uh, rate and review this podcast so that these types of messages can get out there. And the more notice that we get, the more likely that we'll be able Absolutely. to make some, some change here. And uh, with that, yeah, uh, Sherry, you have a good one. And uh, awesome. everybody else, Bye. thanks for listening.